Welcome to Church Online with Riverside Community Church. We are so glad you're with us as we come together around our great God. This is our final message from Nehemiah, but Craig has such an encouraging sermon for us this week. So over to you, Craig. So if you're a husband or a dad, you can identify with this. And especially if you are a wife or a mom, that there is always work to be done. If uh, a husband or a dad sits down on the couch and says, ah, there's nothing to be done. He's either very brave, very foolish, um, or he isn't married. Because if you own an asset, if you're in a home, if you've got a, a, a job, the reality is there is always going to be things for us to do. A car needs cleaning or servicing, the garage needs reorganizing, gutters need cleaning, there's something that the wife wants done in the house or in the kitchen. There is always a job for us. We are never done. Now, this isn't a time for you to grill your uh, spouse and jab them in the elbow and, and don't get angry at me for bringing some of this stuff up, but it does serve a point that the reality is that we always have something that we could be working on. But then on the other side of that, isn't it just great when we have completed a big task? If you're like me, when I've completed something that I set out to do, something around the house, a project, a, a cleanup, a reorganization, something like that, I always have this sense of pride and there's this joy in me when I complete something, I look at it and, and I'm happy. And those two thoughts, I want us to be in the front of our mind as we wade into what is going to be our last message in the series of Nehemiah. This has just been the most incredible journey for us in Nehemiah. So let's remind ourselves about some of the things that have happened. There was this man, Nehemiah, the cupbearer of the king who heard about the situation in Jerusalem. He was overwhelmed. His heart broke. There was heartache over the situation. And so with great boldness and with huge prayers of faith, Nehemiah approached the king. He found incredible favor from the Lord as he then embarked on this mission, having got the resources he needed, the favor from the Lord, the favor from the king, and he heads down back to Jerusalem to begin the task of rebuilding the walls around the city of Jerusalem. We knew that that needed to be done so that the people could return and be safe and begin a new life as God's people. He had managed to win over the people, to rally everyone together, to start uh, building the wall. He overcame huge opposition from external forces who tried to derail the project. We know that he confronted huge issues of social injustice uh, with the poor and with the leaders uh, that were present. And he just did the most incredible job. And at the same time, while the wall was being built physically, the people in Jerusalem were being built spiritually. And over the last two weeks, we've seen how while the wall was being rebuilt, they were re-engaging the word of the Lord for the first time in a very, very long time. 
the word of the Lord was being publicly read. People started to repent publicly of their sin and renew their vows before the Lord. This is just an incredible thing that we see is that while it was hard, while they were facing trouble and while they were facing hardship, the Lord did something in their lives. Just incredible that we see this truth for ourselves. Is that we have this opportunity that while life is difficult around us, the Lord is always doing something in and through us. And so the challenge for us is going to be that we get to keep on building. Because what is important for us is the words of Jesus when he says, On this rock, I will build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail. See, the reality for you and me is that I'm never going to be done when it comes to the relationship with myself and Jesus. See, even though I might be leading in a church, that means nothing. I still have a responsibility to grow in my faith. I still have the responsibility to pursue holiness every single day. That the reality is going to be for me is that I'm going to be done when Jesus, our incredible Savior, comes at His glorious return. Scripture tells us that uh, when the perfect comes, the imperfect is going to disappear. Meaning everything that we are now as the church are actually going to be an imperfect version of what we are going to be for all eternity. And because of that, Jesus is going to keep on building us. Hence the series, Rebuilding. What the last year has meant for us has caused us to have to relook at our homes, our faith, our lives, what it means to be and do church. We are rebuilding. But that's never going to end for us. And so we get to keep on building. Let's go to Nehemiah and, and pull these thoughts out from the text. And so go to Nehemiah uh, chapter 12. And from uh, verse uh, 43. See, what's been happening is they have now completed the project. The task has been done. Everything that Nehemiah set out to do, they have completed it. And it says, On that day they offered great sacrifices, rejoicing because God had given them great joy. The men and women and children also rejoiced. And the sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard from far away. So what had happened is Nehemiah and the scribe Ezra had taken choirs and had formed choirs out of the people. And they climbed up onto the walls and they kind of one choir went, choir went one way and another choir went another way. They got musicians as in the time of David and, and got people to play instruments and people just shouted and rejoiced and celebrated all that the Lord had done. There was great rejoicing in Jerusalem because it meant that people could come back into the city. Everything could go back to what God had called them to as a nation. Just a fantastic moment and it was worth celebrating. Just this incredible time of joy. And I just love those words. It could be heard from far away. 
The people gathered and celebrated all that the Lord had done. They still had a lot of work to do. Things were still not perfect. And and this serves us as an important reminder. That we don't know what the rest of this year is going to look like. We have no idea what changes might happen from week to week with regards to our lockdown levels and what we can and can't do. And when are we going to meet and friends and family and all of those things. But while things are happening externally, remember they physically built the wall. God did something in them spiritually. There was reform. There was renewal. They rejoiced. They came back to the Lord. There was justices and social injustices that were dealt with that i'm so aware that i get to keep on building my faith regardless of what is happening around me and even if things get hard and harder i still can with joy rejoice because of the work the lord is doing in me and in you and in us as a church Jesus said, I will build my church. There's nothing that anybody can do to stop Jesus building his church. Which is why when it comes to my faith, when it comes to my relationship with Jesus, I am never done. And you are never done. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Because I can keep on building on my faith. I can keep on building on my relationship with the Lord. I get to pursue Him more and more and more. And be transformed more and more into His image and His likeness. Then something very interesting happens in the story. As we go to the final chapter, chapter 13. So... This is very important for us because this serves as a huge, huge warning for you and I. So after the wall had been rebuilt, Nehemiah had put things in place. He had uh, put leaders and, and gone back to doing all that the Lord had called them to do. He left and he went back to the king. Sometime later, the, the text says he came back to Jerusalem. And this is what uh, we read in chapter 13. But while all this was going on, I was not in Jerusalem. For in the 32nd year of Artaxerxes, king of Babylon, I had returned to the king. Sometime later, I asked his permission and came back to Jerusalem. Here I learned about the evil thing uh, Eliashib had done in providing Tobiah a room in the courts of the house of God. I was greatly displeased and I threw all of Tobiah's household goods out of the rooms. I gave orders to purify the rooms and then I put them back into the equipment of the house of God and the grain offerings and incense. See, on his return to Jerusalem, Nehemiah had been uh, confronted with the reality of the human condition. Even though everything that had happened in his time in Jerusalem was just incredible. All of this renewal, the rebuilding of the wall, the rededications, the rejoicing as people had really come back to the Lord. In the time that he had left and come back, people and the city of Jerusalem and all its inhabitants had gone back into their old ways. 
On his return, he had seen how people had neglected the Lord. They had stopped all of the things that Nehemiah had put into place. There was working on the Sabbath. There was a whole bunch of issues that you can read in chapter 13. And so I see this in myself and you can uh, identify with this. You see, have you ever had a moment on a Sunday or, or a time with the Lord where you are really experiencing his presence? That you are engaging with him in this incredible way, really feeling just the nearness and the presence of the Lord. And he's dealing with you and you're being aware of your sin. And so what you do is you, you come before him, you repent, you make commitments. You're going, Jesus, I, I'm, I'm committing to you. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to you know, trust you with this. I'm going to stop doing that. I'm going to you know, maybe get rid of this sin. It probably could have even been last Sunday when Steve was preaching about genuine repentance. And I encourage you, if you missed it, you need to go back and listen to that. But then maybe experiencing that, Monday morning arrived. And maybe your Monday morning was uh, just a panic to get yourself ready, the kids ready for work. You know, in our current situation, maybe some lights were out, uh, some robots were, were off because of load shedding. And so by the time it got to 10 o'clock on Monday morning, you've got a full-blown migraine just from everything that's been happening and so overwhelmed. And then you realize it's Sunday morning again and everything you promised the previous Sunday, you've just not done. You haven't opened the Bible like you said you would. You haven't spent some time in God's word like you maybe said you would. Maybe you said, God, I'm not going to do the sin anymore. But when you reflect back, you did so many times in the week. You weren't gentle with your spouse. You weren't loving with your children. Maybe whatever it was, you just, just didn't happen. And we see this in Romans chapter 7, the great apostle Paul, uh, the apostle to the Gentiles who wrote so much of our New Testament, said this in, in Romans chapter 7 verse 21. He said, so I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner to the law of sin at work within me. Oh, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Death. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, we see this at a national level with Israel. The moment Nehemiah leaves, people go back into their old ways. I see uh, this happening in the cycle throughout the whole of the Old Testament. God's people are living with Him. They're obeying Him. They're experiencing the joy and the favor of the Lord. But then they turn their eyes off of Him. Even though He's done incredible things, they look to the idols of the neighboring countries. They do things that dishonor and displease the Lord. Warning comes. He has to bring consequences until they repent. And so the cycle continues through the whole of the nation of Israel. But if I have to look back at my own life, I've seen this truth for myself. There's a line of a, a, a song that we sing. A thousand times I've failed, yet your mercy remains. If an audit had to be done of my life and maybe yours, 
it probably wouldn't even be close to the, the, the number of thousand, but just so much more. Because I see this at work in myself that, that I am often aware that sin is, is right there present, that I'm, uh, I, it's possible that I could go back into things that the Lord has delivered me from, that it's possible for all of us, like the people here, that once we've experienced the goodness of the Lord, we've made decisions, the danger for us is to keep going back. Let's pick up again in chapter 13 from verse 23. Moreover, in those days I saw men of Judah who had married women from Ashdod, Ammon, Moab. Half of their children spoke the language of Ashdod or the language of one of the other peoples and did not know how to speak the language of Judah. This is an amazing confession of Nehemiah in verse 25. I rebuked them and I called curses down on them. I beat some of the men and I pulled out their hair. Here we see an incredibly angry Nehemiah. And he's really battling with what has taken place on his return. Having seen so much good to have left and come back and to have seen how people have just turned so much back to their old ways. He was so angry that he called down curses and rebukes on them, beat them and pulled out their hair. I have to admit, I can really identify with this passage. Not because I would be like Nehemiah, but I think that I would have been one of the people being beaten and had their hair pulled out because of, of how I was when I was growing up and engaging with the things of the Lord. Now, here's the warning for us. As hectic as this is, and we're going to deal with it in a little bit. Sin has to be taken seriously. If we want to avoid the trap that we're seeing here, this incredible highlight with the Lord, to going all the way back into those old practices where they were not honoring the Lord, where they were doing detestable things and really going against the word of the Lord. If we see Paul saying that that work is, is there present in him, that he knows the good that he desires to do, yet he sees himself not doing it and he's doing the things that he doesn't want to do. If we want to avoid as much as we can that sin cycle in our own lives, we need to have the level of anger towards not other people's sin, our own personal sin. Otherwise, we're going to see ourselves continuing in this cycle where we're experiencing the wonders of the Lord and then Monday morning just going back to living the way we wanted to. Steve spoke so well about what genuine repentance looks like. And it's so important for us to really take the weight of that. But there is a hope for us. There really is an incredible hope for us that keeps us rebuilding. And that is the hope of Jesus. You see, Nehemiah, he comes back into Jerusalem. He sees the people's sin and he is angry. He rebukes them. He calls down curses on them. He beats some of them. He pulls out their hair. He locks people outside of Jerusalem. But today we celebrate Palm Sunday. On Palm Sunday, somebody else rode into Jerusalem. 
And upon his arrival, people threw down their cloaks. People praised him and said, Hosanna, there was rejoicing. And when this person rode into Jerusalem, he didn't get angry with people because of their sin. In fact, something else happened. He did not beat people and pull out their hair. In fact, on this return to Jerusalem, he was arrested and beaten. He had his hair pulled out as the Roman soldiers tortured him and belittled him. They pulled out pieces of his beard. He didn't lock people out of Jerusalem. In fact, he walked out of Jerusalem with a cross on his back as he was publicly executed for your sin and my sin. You see, when this Jesus, our Savior, went back into Jerusalem on, uh, on Palm Sunday, it started the events that would see our sin being dealt with in finality. See, we would have no hope if it wasn't for Jesus and his return to Jerusalem. We'd have no hope. In fact, you could say that Jesus is just this great Nehemiah that doesn't call out our sin. And punish us for our sin. But was punished for our sin. That he stood in our place for our sin. That he took the beating. He had his beard pulled out. And the hope for me is that I never lose my relationship with Jesus. Because of his mercy. Where he got what I deserved. I can rise again. And I can keep building my faith see because i'm standing in front of the father because of jesus and i now live in a time of grace and mercy and so i can pursue holiness i can pursue jesus fully knowing that he had paid it all for me church and everyone who's listening we're done with the series of nehemiah but the warning remains for us we run the risk of always falling back into our old ways. I want us to celebrate what the Lord has been doing in us. How he has been building us and rebuilding us as a church. But let us keep rebuilding. Let us keep on building our faith. Let us not fall back into old ways when Monday arrives. Let's take who and what Jesus has done for us. And let's keep building every single day. Take time where you are to think about what you can do and who you can spend time with. So that every uh, moment, every day, every week, every year, we can see that change happening, that building happening as we become more and more like Jesus. And when we do fall, that we fall and get back up quickly. That we step into grace, we repent genuinely and keep on pursuing intimacy, devotion, life with our incredible Savior, Jesus. I want to pray for us. Jesus, I'm so thankful for all that you have done in and through us during this Nehemiah series. But I'm also so aware that Easter is right here. And what a moment for us as we think about you, Jesus, our greater Nehemiah. Who doesn't just call out our sin. But who dealt with our sin. 
in the only way that it could be as the one who paid the ultimate price, the sacrifice, and then you defeated and rose victorious over it. What that means is that I can live in grace and mercy and experience it every day, that I can keep building, that if I fall, I can get up, and that I can step into your love, your grace, and your mercy and experience that and know that I live in your mercy. Jesus, thank you. I pray, Jesus, for anybody still struggling in a cycle of sin, that they would start to take it seriously and walk and live in your grace and mercy and be building towards greater holiness, greater faith, and greater intimacy with you. Jesus, we thank you for what you have made possible. In your holy name, amen.